WSBTalk.com and hit the contact button and give us your thoughts. This is Steve at Ramsey Auto Group. Hey, this is Mike from Ramsey Auto Group. Just stopping in to say hi, let you know that we're still open, still in business, and still rocking and rolling. You know, if you're looking for a good car experience, come see us. We have old school values. We still operate by handshake. We're not pushy. We want you to be happy, and uh, we have a great selection of trucks. 6175 West 10th Street, Greeley. 970-443-5654. 970-443-5654. The Tree Farm's 50-cent tree sale is going on now. Choose from thousands of carry-out sized trees that are easy to handle and easy to plant. While supplies last, buy the first tree at regular price and mix or match a second tree for only 50 cents. Thousands of shade trees, flowering trees, fruit trees, evergreen trees, ornamental trees, and more. Also, huge savings on shrubs and perennials. You Come take see. I-25 to exit 235, then five miles west to the tree farm. The views and opinions expressed on 1360 KHNC are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Excursion Broadcasting Network. Good morning. Welcome to today's Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez. Every Sunday, 9 to noon, and the podcasts, I will forget to mention this probably, for the programs are on 1360khnc.com to the podcast section, the Olive Tree Ministry site. Christ uh, was telling Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verse 8, Life comes from human parents. Human life comes from human parents. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Flesh means human nature. But spiritual life comes from the spirit. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Don't be surprised, astonished, when I tell you, you must be born again. This is the, there's a principle. When there is a mention of something one time in the scripture, 
you pay extra attention to it. The only time that Christ or anyone ever said you must be born again in this sense, in this this manner, this fashion, you must be born again, is here in John chapter three verse seven, verse seven. Verse 8, the wind, or the Holy Spirit, blows where it wants. You hear the sound of it. You don't know where the wind comes from. You don't know where it's going. In the same manner, in the same fashion, it's the same with every person who is born from the Spirit. You cannot comprehend or control the Spirit but we do experience the effect of the Holy Spirit on our lives. This is a, an experience that the born-again children of God have through their lifetimes. It is an experience that a discipline that uh, they work, they should try to perfect daily to know to hear, to sense when the Holy Spirit is prompting you, nudging you, drawing you, when the Holy Spirit is upon you to know and to basically cease from activity and for a split second listen to catch what God is saying to you. God is speaking to the churches internationally, all seven churches, to all of his born-again children. Satan is also speaking to his not born-again, but people that are under the spell of the spirit of deception, they are also being influenced. They are also being nudged, coerced, forced to go a direction opposite the direction that we believers go. Our direction is to God, into God, forward in our maturity. Their direction is to flee from, to run from God and everything that God is, to evil. So the spirit that we believers have is the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the pure spirit. Then there is the unholy spirit in the world. God is speaking very clearly to the world, looking at the sun, looking at what's happening in the in the solar system, what happens to the moon, the moon, the monthly uh, cycles. 
through the upheavals in nature, volcanoes, earthquakes, major earthquakes, disturbances in the weather, famines that are not coming that are here, the, uh, the creatures, the animals are almost, in a sense, at war with mankind. And this would be one of the signs that Christ, through the prophets, or, or what the Bible says through the prophets, would be the case. The nature would turn upon man. When mankind doesn't control nature, nature will become a curse. A, a, uh, it will be a malady to man. If you don't take care of the, if you, if you allow the weeds in the field to grow without, you know, dealing with the problem, it becomes a curse. But it's the same also with nature. There's a push in America, uh, in the western states, to, you know, you don't thin the population of the wolves or mountain lions, bobcats, bears. I know up in Estes Park, Colorado, you have bears in the park. They come right up to the end of the city. Uh, and there are people who are, are killed. There are people who are injured. But it's not reported. The Fish and Game or the Parks Department, they won't report uh, these attacks of bears on people. You'll hear it here and there, but you won't see it in the paper. Nature is at war with mankind, and the beasts are at war with man. It's a sign of the time. The Lord did say in Matthew chapter 24, he gave an insight into what would happen in the time in which we live. And the Christian people are not paying attention. God's children are not paying attention. The Jewish people uh, that are the elect of God are not paying attention. The world, the, the, the people of the world, they know something's happening. What did Christ say? The children of the world are wiser than the children of light. The children of the world, when these major catastrophes hit, they may not believe in God, but they do understand that sometimes nature is used by uh, an invisible force, so to speak, to uh, bring disaster and death to mankind. The Christian people, we live in a bubble. We live in a bubble. We are not, we don't care to some degree what happens in the world, what's happening with international news. We're in a bubble. I can say this because 
I have, I know many, 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 many people, many, have known many people for decades. They don't have a grasp of the reality of the time that we're in. They, because of a, a very powerful, deceptive, demonic doctrine that there will be a pre-trib rapture to take the Christian people from hardship. That doctrine, so deep in the minds of so many evangelical Christians, they don't need to pay attention. They don't need to heed or pay attention or to uh, listen to or entertain the thought that Christ said that we would, for his namesake, we would be persecuted, we would suffer, we would be martyred, we would die. They don't want to entertain that thought. This deceptive spirit, this deceptive doctrine began in the late 1800s, and it took hold initially, I think, in Europe, and then it jumped the ocean into the United States. It is, it is deep. It, is a, it has taken root. You cannot, without the revelation, without God visiting you, for the people that believe this doctrine, without the Holy Spirit using the Scripture, without you being 100% given to, know, to desire to know the truth, you will never be free from this doctrine. You cannot be free. You will not want to be free. It is a refuge. It gives you shelter. It's a refuge of lies. You cannot be free from it. I'm telling you right now. For you people who believe that there will be a pre-trib, mid-trib, partial, multi-trib rapture, I'm telling you it is a doctrine of demons, very sophisticated Bible teachers have pushed this doctrine. And uh, you cannot, you will be, you're, you're caught in it, you will never be free. You don't know how powerful that is. I was, from the time I became, when I gave my life to the Lord and began my time of about a four year period where I'm churched in assemblies. That was one of the main doctrines, one of the main teachings in the fellowship that I was a part of. It was it was my it was my security blanket. It was the hope that I believed in that all the prophecies I would read about the time of the coming Antichrist, I was going to be free from that. I wasn't going to go through it. I would be saved because God loves me and God loves his people and would never let us suffer like that. But reading Miller's church history, I realized, wait a minute, the early church Christians, uh, they weren't free from persecution, being hunted down, being burned at the stake, being beheaded. They weren't free from that. One of the individuals that pushed this doctrine at the end of the last century, 
or 1800s. Schofield. Now, for you Christians that have studied the Bible, you know the Schofield Study Bible. This individual was not even a born-again Christian. Schofield was not a believer. He was a religious... He was a person that loved power. He had been married. He divorced his first wife, abandoned his son, remarried, and because of his great ability and because he began to move into prominent position with prominent people, everybody began to study the Schofield Bible, believing that Schofield himself was a believer, which he was not. It's a shock to you. But the Christian people, we don't desire to really know the truth about things. We take what we hear, and that's, we, we, we build our lives upon what we hear. Schofield, I'm telling you, Christian people. Schofield was not a Christian. He brought in, and he was one of the main, he was an individual that really brought this doctrine of demons into the Christian systems, to the Christian assemblies. And we have been, I, up until recently, studying, researching, and looking at what had been written about him. I thought Schofield was a great Bible teacher, theologian. He didn't really, really write a lot. Other people wrote for him. But he did push the pre-trib rapture theory. Chuck Smith, for, for all you who may be Chuck Smith followers, have been in Chuck Smith ministries uh, that are still following Chuck Smith teachings, and some of the others in California, in the Midwest, in Texas, in the South, in the East, in the Midwest, in Canada, that believe in a pre-trib rapture. These people, I'd heard that with the Smith Ministries, you pretty much almost had to sign an agreement that you will, that you believe in the pre-trib rapture and you will never deviate from that teaching, something to that effect. Well, I watched the movie, The Jesus, the Jesus People. We see the Jesus people in a positive light, and I've always talked about what happened in the Jesus movement in the 60s and 70s. And it was a move of the Holy Spirit in purity, on the pure end, on the purity side of it, many baby boom generation children, Jewish and Gentile, meeting the Lord and being free to follow the Holy Spirit. The principle in spiritual, uh, spiritual principles, Satan cannot allow the freedom of the Holy Spirit to operate with an individual, a group of people, or a mass, a, a major group of people, or a group of people known as the 
Jesus Movement children. Satan has to kill that freedom to follow the Holy Spirit. The wind blows where it wills. You don't know where it's coming from. You don't know the purpose of the, of the wind, of the Holy Spirit. You don't know the direction the Holy Spirit is going to go. But the Holy Spirit does one thing. It directs God's people into a relationship with Him. And in that relationship, then the Holy Spirit will begin to reveal to those individuals the plan for their lives, His eternal plan. And everybody uses this term, eternal plan, the eternal plan of God. I hear it all the time. It makes me sick because most people don't know what the eternal plan of God is. The eternal plan is not for people just to get saved. That's not the eternal plan. There was a rebellion. And because of the rebellion, eons ago, there has to be judgment. God is a righteous judge. There must be a righteous judgment. And God chose mankind to bring that judgment on creatures that were created that are eternal, that are brilliant, that are perfect, were perfect. There must be a judgment. The first world prior to Adam was destroyed because in the rebellion there was a objective to take over basically the universe. The earth was in control of the of the devil and the fallen angels. This solar system was in control of the devil and the fallen angels. Many have not heard but there is a there is a going out from the sun out to Pluto and a little bit beyond these different the different planets. It appears as if there is a planet that should have been out there, maybe a tenth planet, that is not there. It is they don't know where it is. They know that there's a big space between kind of a there's kind of a you know sequence of so many millions of miles there'd be a planet but there's one area where something appears to have been there and is not there it is believed by many theologians that really study what has happened in the solar system that there was a planet that it appears that Satan and his angels pretty much ruled over was their base. This may be odd, strange, you've never heard this. I'm just presenting a thought to you. But it is known that there is a, they call it uh, Nibiru, or there are different names for something that goes out and does an orbit and comes back about every, a, a big planet about every, I, I don't remember, 6,000 years, 4,000 years, 3,000 years. I, I haven't read it for 15 years, and I'm, the details, I, I don't remember the details. They believe that maybe that planet came back through the solar system at the time of Joseph and the, the sun. Uh, it had the gravitational pull cause the sun to expand a little bit, and you had seven years of 
very warm, perfect growing, a growing season for seven years where Joseph would plant the crops and they would just bring in massive amounts of grain. And then as that planet left the solar system, then I forget what happened. But then you had seven years of hardship. I'm going to go to the mid, the, the first hour break, and I'm going to be back in a little bit. But the, the reason I'm telling you this story is because we don't want to know the truth. The Christian people don't want to know the truth. With the baby boom generation children, God wanted these people to have a imprint of His Holy Spirit on their lives. And the imprint would give them a sense to know God and to have the peace of God, the sensitivity to God speaking. I had that experience. Many had that experience. But then, in the Jesus Movement movie, then all these this freedom was basically all of the Jesus people had been given a thought. You have to come into assemblies. You have to come into these assemblies to be churched. You're you don't know God, you'll never know God, where they were reading the Bible, they were writing Christian music, they were doing charitable things, but uh 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 Satan does not like God's children outside of a system does not like God's children to function freely. So there had to be systems. I say, just in a real in a real way, the Chuck Smith Ministries and other ministries that were surrounded around him that would come later were part of a plan, and it could have been even government involvement to quench, to stop, to hinder, to end the freedom of the Holy Spirit on the American young people. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Any major disaster, especially weather-related, when the power goes out, can cause people to suddenly panic. Within hours, grocery store shelves in your area can be picked clean. Food supply lines get interrupted, and food is hard to find. At that point, it's too late to do anything about it. You must survive only on the food you already have in your home, or risk waiting for the government to respond while you're standing in food lines. So ask yourself, do you have enough food in your home to last for weeks or months? That's why the smart move is to secure your family's personal supply of the most reliable emergency food you can buy. Having at least four weeks' worth of food is not a luxury. It's mandatory. If you don't want you and your family to end up in this situation, go to 1360KHNC.com and click on the Patriot Supply button at the top of the page. That's 1360KHNC.com and click on the Patriot Supply button.
Okay, we're back for the second half of the first hour of the Olive Tree and Lamb Stand Ministry Radio Church Program. Podcasts are on 1360khnc.com to the podcast section to the Olive Tree Program. My contact information is Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. The eternal purpose of God. Satan had a realm he controlled over, and with that realm, with the fallen angels, pre-Adam, there was a, a world, you might say, a very sophisticated world here on this earth. Talk about Atlantis. You talk about the when the pyramids were built. It was an occult world. It was a world that Satan ruled over. There was a, it was a world where some believed that some of the dinosaurs were actually uh, in that world. The pyramids were built in that world. There was, from Earth into maybe the solar system, uh, there was some type of travel. The evidence points to that, the eternal purpose of God. But God had to destroy and, and put darkness and to and what was being done in that, I don't know if you want to call it a civilization, I don't think they were civilized. I think it was a, 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 a world of rebellion. And God, in Genesis 1-1, Genesis 1-1a, created the heavens and the earth, and the, and the earth became void. Void, like void and... Uh, Dark. I should get the verse. Something happened. Bible teachers studied it. Some agree there was a pre-Adamic race. Others don't agree. I believe there was. I believe the evidence is like the pyramids, maybe not in Giza, but throughout the whole world. There was a world, this whole earth, was at some point in total rebellion against God and total worship to Satan. It's evident. Well, after the earth was made void, God, His Spirit, He waited till the conditions were right. And once again, the conditions were such that eventually... Everything would be simply put in place for the existence of man so that man could live. In the eternal plan of God, Satan knew 
the judgment had come. He didn't know exactly what God was going to use. What was, what was the method? What was the tool? What was the way that God was going to bring punishment? Satan knew that the punishment was coming. He knew that there would be judgment. God is righteous. He knew the nature of God. He knew he couldn't escape. Neither could the fallen angels escape. All these spirits, they knew that there was going to be judgment, but they didn't know how. But they watched. What would be the way in which God would further his plan to bring judgment to that rebellious world, to the the creature, the spirits that rebelled, and what was created through Satan and his fallen angels, some form of physical creatures. God chose dirt. The way in which God was going to judge Satan was dirt, plain old dirt. And when God fashioned Abraham and breathed into him, this struck great fear in the kingdom of darkness. This was the way in which God was going to further the plan to bring final judgment on Satan and all that rebelled with him. Dirt, red clay, minerals, lifeless dirt. This is the what the scripture says. This is the wisdom of God. This is the wisdom of Satan was looking for something very sophisticated, not knowing what God was going to speak, and boom, something would happen. God took dirt, fashioned it, and then it says he breathed into that dirt, and that dirt had consciousness. The dirt had consciousness of God, of creation, and of Satan. And God told this speck of dust, guard the garden. Name the animals. The, this speck of dust couldn't find a, all of the animals and creatures that he named had a mate. But this speck of dust had no mate. And he was, he felt Initial, the initial feeling of, of loneliness. And God put him to sleep, and out of his ribs, Eve was born. Satan is now continuing to watch God's plan develop. And then, then the, the process began. How are we going to, God tells Adam, tells Eve, everything is yours except this one tree. Everything, nothing is denied you. You're going to live forever in your physical body that I created. Your body is created perfect. You won't grow old. But one thing you're forbidden to do is eat of this one tree. And Satan began the process. 
how am I going to, the serpent began, how am I going to, or, well, I wasn't, he wasn't a serpent, he didn't crawl in the belly, well, I'll, 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 the deceiver came, the deceiver came, and he had to strike up a conversation with Adam, and he knew he couldn't. Adam would not entertain the thought of having dialogue with this devil. But Eve, on the other hand, she thought she was brilliant enough to be able to have a conversation and win that debate. And she was deceived. And she was fed the lie that you're going to be like God. And again, Mankind has believed that lie. We are going to be God. The New Age movement, this new, the people involved in this modern technology, biotechnology, every kind of technology, we are God. We are going to be God. With what's happening in the CERN, in Europe, they're... The, the, the collider, the super collider, they're opening gateways into the dimension where Satan and his fallen angels and the angels, the holy angels of God, is where they have their habitation. They're trying to bring open doors to go into that forbidden dimension and opening doors where what's in that dimension can come into this dimension into this earthly plane, the plane of the natural. Eve is deceived. Satan, now what happened when she ate of that tree? She took in nature. She took in a nature. She was perfect in her nature, Never, never, she would never die, but she took in na a nature from the snake, the poison of the snake, the nature of the snake. Now, death was imminent. This is what we all have to this very day. Death within us, the nature of what Satan was, what Satan is, is in every man, woman, and child. We have that nature, a corrupt, fallen nature, a, a God-hating nature until we meet Christ. So we cannot, and they're trying to find a way to remove sin or whatever it is, the contaminant within a human body that causes an individual to die. It's the nature of Satan. The snake was dealt with, but the poison was in the body. And the body, from person to person, that nature is in every human being. In the DNA, spiritual thing too, but a physical, both. In the spiritual side of it, there's just naturally a resistance to God in the nature of man. Well, then God brings 
the plan of salvation through Cain and Abel, and in that study with these two individuals, there's a plan of salvation. Abel knew he needed to be redeemed by God, and that would come through the shedding of blood and clothed with lamb, a lamb skin. Abel felt, no, I don't need God's way. I need, I have my own way to present myself to God, which will be pleasing to God, which wasn't. And that has been simply mankind, they feel what they can do to appease God will be acceptable to God. It is not. God gave the principle. He would be the one to choose how man would be made, would be able to approach God. How man's sins would be appeased in God's fashion. Then you go into further on, you go to uh, the time of Moses. You have further insight into how God is going to redeem mankind that has fallen to a place where he can have fellowship with God. And it just throughout, it develops throughout the Old Testament. Then it gets to the point where the perfect, the perfect plan, the perfect way in which God planned in his eternal purpose to restore fellowship with man, to lift the righteous requirement of God, to appease God, to appease the judgment, and to make the standing of man in a proper, uh, to, to give man a proper standing in the presence of God. And that would be through Messiah. That would be through the death of Messiah. That would be through the shedding of his blood. His blood washing away the sins that we each carry. The furthering of the plan and purpose of God. Then there would be what is called the atonement, the at-one-ment with man and God. We still have the fallen nature. We are still going to sin. We are still going to, uh, we are what we are. By nature, our heart is evil, morning to night. But through the blood of Jesus Christ, we can wash. And we can once again have the proper fellowship, standing with God. And we can enjoy uh, the freedom from the thought of just punishment and death day after day. No, we can fellowship with the Lord, be at peace with Him. We're at harmony with God because God is pleased with the shed blood of His Son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Lamb of God. I'll take a step back. God tried to work with mankind as a whole, but man as a whole was so rebellious, they built it eventually, would just get to the point where they would, they would uh, the rebellion was too great and eventually, the fallen angels 
began to mate with women, and they began to have half-human, half-angelic children. This is when the judgment of Noah came in, had to destroy mankind, that whole world, again. You have the destruction of the world prior to Adam. Now you have a second judgment at the time of Noah. Then God had to change things. He realized that he could not expect mankind as a whole to work together to become godly, simply. So he had to choose. Out of mankind, he chose a family a people, and that would happen through Abraham, a family, a people, a faith, a people that would be set apart for God and his purpose, it would be the Hebrew people, and even with the Hebrew people, there would be difficulty, problems, but still, God made promises to Abraham and he kept those promises. There would be a people, but with Abraham, because of his faith, there was a sign to a sign given that in the future there would be a people of faith. The Jewish people, they would have their ups and downs. The prophets would prophesy if you follow the ways of God, you will have positive sanctions. If you don't listen to what Moses has to say, when Moses came onto the scene 400 years later, then you will uh, have negative sanctions. You're going to have, your crops will fail, you'll be, enemies will invade, you'll be carried to other lands, you'll come back to your land, same thing will happen again. This happened all the way up to the time of Messiah. When Messiah came, then, through faith, you had the people now for the first time after Christ's death, his resurrection. Then he breathed into, a, a, there was a repeat. The first time with Abraham, he breathed into Abraham, in, I'm sorry, into Adam man became a living soul. His consciousness, mind, emotion, and will was made alive. Dogs do not have a spirit. They do have a soul. They have a mind, emotion, they have a will, but they don't have a spirit. But in Adam, there was an additional uh, part of his being that was a vacuum. He became a living soul, his mind, emotion, and will was alive, but his human spirit was still vacant. God had not yet been able to move into that vacuum. That would come in a second story where Christ, on the day of his resurrection, he ascends, he returns that evening, and he breathes once again into people. He breathes into the people gathered that evening, and he says, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Here, I'm breathing into you my spirit. And that vacuum inside of you that, Ab that Adam had 
that was not full, was not filled, was not made alive, I am going to make that vacuum in you. Now I will live in that vacuum. I will, you are now born again. I, the Holy Spirit, is now in you. You have a mind, emotion, and will, your soul, your consciousness, but now I am in your human spirit. You have a, a new heart. You have a greater sensitivity to uh, in your in your perception, and also you have. Um, I'm trying to think of the third. New heart. In your spirit, you have your spirit is three compartments: your heart, intuition, and your conscience is made alive. And when you're born again, you have a greater sensitivity in your conscience. That people that are not born again, they may have sensitivity, but not as deep and as powerful as a believer has. He breathed into Adam. Adam became this, this piece of dirt, this red clay, was made a living soul. Now, these people on the day of resurrection, they are complete. This is the furthering step to the eternal purpose of God. The Jewish people did not have the Spirit of God in them. They had the Spirit of God upon them. Now the believers have not only the Spirit of God upon them, but within them. It's what, what uh, is called the active presence of God within. It's the Holy Spirit inside, not just without, but inside to empower. And the disciples who became the apostles now had an experience of being with Christ and his teachings, but now he has the, they have the experience of Christ, his teachings, and the Holy Spirit within. This adds another very powerful, needed dimension to their who they are and their lives. The eternal purpose of God. The eternal purpose of God is now to present this Holy Spirit to mankind and the thought of a coming kingdom that Christ will rule over for a thousand years. In the eternal purpose of God with the early church, with the early believers, there was the thought that there was going to be spiritual warfare into the future for the next few thousand years. And this spiritual warfare could not be fought in a perfect way without the power of the Holy Spirit. And then also Paul in 1 Corinthians uh, 12 stating that you have the Holy Spirit within, but you're going to need to be empowered without with the gifts because the spiritual battle involves intuitive abilities that are much greater than what you would receive naturally as a Christian. You're going to have to have the gift of discernment. You're going to need the gifts of healings and different other abilities. 
objectively the purpose, eternal purpose of God. The battle is not going to be and was not with God and the fallen angels only. God was going to reveal to the angels who rebelled and to the holy angels that God was more than able to be able to take fallen mankind, redeem fallen mankind, bring mankind, these redeemed people, into, into his presence, into a plan, and use them to fulfill a purpose. Paul states in Revelation six, in Romans 16, the God of peace will crush Satan, destroy, will, will, will uh, crush, bruise Satan under your feet shortly. That has been happening to a degree, but it's going to happen now more perfectly in the time in which we live. It will be the Christian people that are at the end of this 6,000 year period of time, a dispensation as we would call it, a, uh, a time at the end in the book of Matthew. It would be in the time that we're moving into where the God of peace, where we will crush Satan, we will, we will destroy all that he has attempted to accomplish, we will, we will bring it to an end. Christ will be the one who finishes it completely at his coming, but we are going to be such a destructive force to the devil and the children of the devil that we will, we will crush Satan. God and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. God is using us. This is part of the eternal plan of God. But to do that, we have to have the Holy Spirit within. And because we have the active presence of God inside of us, we, if we could see and have our eyes opened and the veils pulled away and the power of the deception lifted from Finishes our minds, completely we would see. At his coming that we, we are going to be such a destructive force to the devil and the children of the devil that we will, we will crush Satan. God and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. God is using us. This is part of the eternal plan of God. But to do that, we have to have the Holy Spirit within. And because we have the active presence of God inside of us, we, if we could see and have our eyes opened and the veils pulled away and the power of the deception lifted from our minds, we would see that we are the red clay that God has decided to use to destroy the works of the devil. We'll be back in a second. 
Tommy here with Revo Knives. We're a Colorado company looking for local customers who own a business that want to make a gift for their customers or employees that they'll always use and remember. We customize our knives with your logo and information so they always look at who to get back to when they need your service. Head over to our website at RevoKnives.com or give us a call at 720-947-9599. And as always, live sharp. Living Sharp is a lifestyle here at TBB's. You need to look sharp, carry sharp, and most importantly, be sharp. Let us show you how sharp it can be today. We're pushing ourselves to take as many walk-ins at both locations, but if we can't squeeze you in, we'll make a convenient appointment for you. Give us a call at 970-617-2158 for our Loveland location located at 4th and Garfield or in Mead at 720-745-0783 on the southeast corner of Highway 66 and I-25. If you're tech savvy, hit us up on Tommy'sBarbersAndBlades.com, and as always, live sharp. Blade Stop, clinically proven and FDA cleared to stop even arterial bleeds. Pour it into the wound, apply direct pressure, and clotting occurs in seconds. No stinging or burning. Minor cuts or major wounds, Bleed Stop is a must for first aid kits, backpacks, and trauma bags. Find Bleed Stop by clicking on the Bleed Stop button on the 1360 KHNC webpage. Products and prices listed on the KHNC website are 20% off the regular Bleed Stop website prices. Get yours today. Hey, Sharp community members, this is Tommy with Tommy's Barbers and Blades. We're reaching out to you guys to let you know that we're in need of a barber or stylist at our Mead location on Highway 66 and I-25. If you're a seasoned pro or know someone who's great, give us a ring at 720-745-0783 or stop in and talk to us. We're looking for you. Again, that's 720-745-0783. Power surges and lightning bolts can cause damage to your electronic devices. A EMP attack can fry everything, leaving everyone looking like the Flintstones. But don't let that happen. Go to EMPShield.com and enter KHNC in the promo code box. EMP Shield can keep you secure and running when no one else can. American-made electronic protection. Again, put KHNC in the promo box. EMPShield.com. The Blue Dragon Spa is a man-friendly spa with women bringing their husbands and significant others in for pedicures all the time. Men's feet hurt too, don't forget. Blue Dragon Spa, 1811 Hover Street, Suites A and B, Longmont, Colorado, folks as a cbd user i can attest to its effectiveness and now my kind cbd products are available at the station you'll see tinctures salves lotions creams coffee cocoa tea and much more you'll even find cbd retinol cream khnc also carries my kind pet products including shampoo and tincture allowing your best friend to enjoy the same benefits of cbd that you do the best prices the best quality and all thc free my kind cbd cbd as nature intended it what can the right financial advisor help you plan for your kids awkward teenage phase and they need braces saving up for your kids college education your daughter is planning for the wedding of her dreams Taking the grandkids to a Disney World cruise. The wife needs to fly first class to Europe. You want a boys-only trip to Vegas to get away from things. Being able to retire and live the lifestyle of your desire. With the right advisor and the right plan, all of these things are possible. 
I'm Joey Jaquin, and I want to be your financial advisor and help you and your loved ones live the life of your dreams. Let's not beat around the bush. This is going to require a lot of hard work, but I can personally guarantee that nobody will outwork me when it comes to being there for my clients. Too many advisors cut corners and take shortcuts to sell you. As you know, my parents raised me to be better than that. Reach me at my cell, 602-909-9048. Again, 602-909-9048. Sharp community members, this is Tommy with Tommy's Barbers and Blades. We're reaching out to you guys to let you know that we're in need of a barber or stylist at our Mead location on Highway 66 and I-25. If you're a seasoned pro or know someone who's great, give us a ring at 720-745-0783 or stop in and talk to us. We're looking for you. Again, that's 720-745-0783. Hi, everybody. Glenn Tate, co-host of Prepping 2.0. Shelby Gallagher here. Join us Saturdays at 9 a.m. Right here on 1360 KHNC. Where we bring you great ideas to take your preps to the next level. Hi, this is Ron Tafoya, owner and operator of New Method Cleaners, Northern Colorado's oldest dry cleaners. Men's clothing to women's fashions, we clean it all. Give us a call with all your cleaning questions. If we don't clean it, we might have a solution. We have two locations to serve you in Severance and Fort Collins. Please call us at 970-775-0623. 970-775-0623. Off-Road Automotive offers a wide range of used automobiles for all of your off-road and on-road needs. From classic Jeep CJ7s to high-end sporty Corvettes and everyday commuters, they have a vehicle for you. Bad credit or no credit, no problem. Their professional finance team has you covered. Give them a visit at 1392 Denver Avenue in Fort Lupton or give them a call at 303-502-3230. The views and opinions expressed on KHNC are entirely those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Excursion Broadcasting Network.
Welcome back to the second hour of today's Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez, the founder of the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry, 2001, June the 2nd. In the first hour, I'm attempting to abbreviate the eternal purpose of God because most Christians have never had a thought or understand that what this eternal purpose of God that Paul the Apostle talks about. And you'll go back to the podcasts. I don't have time to rehearse it. I need to continue. The podcasts are on 1360khnc.com to the Olive Tree site. With the eternal purpose of God, it's very difficult. It's, it's a deep matter. It, I look at the clock, and I'm pushed. I feel pushed because I know that I'm trying to present a thought that is too magnificent to really condense into even 20, 20 minutes or an hour. It's much deeper than that. One of the main thoughts of the eternal purpose of God is Christ in you, the hope of glory, the Holy Spirit inside of mankind, giving mankind a deeper knowledge of who God is and the purpose for being and a purpose for calling and a reason for why the it is necessary for God as a righteous God to bring a final judgment on Lucifer the fallen angels that rebelled the world that they created the demons and the children of the devil God is righteous God is so righteous that he even punishes his own children and that punishment is coming. This is part of the eternal purpose of God. Punishment has to come to the world. Punishment will come to Israel as a nation because of apostasy. Punishment will also come in chastisement to God's children because of apostasy. Satan infiltrates any objective that God has internationally with races, with countries, with age groups. Satan must destroy wherever the Holy Spirit is moving. That move must be infiltrated, compromised, destroyed. The seven churches of God, part of the eternal purpose of God, when Christ breathed into the disciples and the people in that room on the night of resurrection, God's intention was not to have a single assembly, but there would be eventually seven lampstands, which is in, in uh, it flows with the lampstands in the Holy of Holies. The types in the Old Testament are brought into existence in 
the world in time. There would be seven lampstands. It would take seven of these lampstands to express, to bring light to the world, to present to the world, to assist and help the world understand the great magnificence of who God and his uh, Christ and his Father, the work the working of the Holy Spirit, not in one one church only, but in seven lampstands, each lampstand having a specific purpose through time. Again, this is part of God's eternal plan. The Catholic Church being the biggest group of believers, of, of uh, an assembly in the world. It is the biggest, you might say the big brother. It's not the oldest. The Catholic people eventually are hopefully going to, to see that they are just one of seven. They are not the whole complete church as the Pope as even many in evangelical Christianity feel that that is the church that we have to assimilate into, that is part of the apostasy. We're not going to assimilate. These seven churches are not going to assimilate, or the other six churches will not assimilate into Roman Catholicism. It's one of seven. The Greek churches... They're older than the Catholic Church. I don't care what the Catholic Church states in their doctrine. No, they are not the oldest church. Because of the Greek churches, they, out of the Greek churches, came Catholicism. The Greek churches were first. Out of, the, out of Catholicism would come the Lutheran churches which would be the fifth church in Revelation. All these, the names of these seven churches. Thyatira is the Catholic church. Thyatira. Pergamos, if I'm, uh, if I'm right. Pergamos is the Greek churches. The fifth church, Sardis, the Lutheran churches. The seventh church would be, or the sixth church would be Philadelphia would be the churches that would begin the kind of you might say the reformation in Europe prior right at the time that America was being populated and many Christians were beginning to move jump the ocean to the United States the final church the seventh church a young church barely 3 400 years old catholic church 1500 years old Greek churches, 1,700 years old. Laodicean church, the final church. Land base, the United States of America. Very important for Christians to understand what these churches are. It's part of the eternal purpose of God. In the eternal purpose, God could not have one representative. He needed seven in the Holy of Holies, you needed seven lamps to make everything in the Holy of Holy, Holies clear. God wanted to be seen clearly, represented perfectly, known 
There's no darkness with God. You come into the Holy of Holies, there's light. God is light. So you have, and these branches, their, their root is in Israel. You can't have, you have to have Israel to have the body, to have the churches eventually. Out of the Hebrew people, Christ took a group to bring them to himself to put his life inside of them. Not all of the Jewish people got saved at that time. And not all the Jewish people today in the world are going to meet Christ. It is very evident in the Bible. They will not meet Christ because God is going to have a group of his elect Jewish people who will never be born again to populate in the millennial kingdom. Part of God's eternal purpose is to keep, there will be the nations, the Gentiles, in the millennial kingdom, and there will be Hebrew people. 12,000 from all of the 12 tribes will go through the tribulation and make it to go into the millennial kingdom. There will be no churches in the millennial kingdom. I've heard Christians say that the church the churches continue into the millennial kingdom to preach the gospel. This is this is a, a bad theology. It's bad doctrine. No. And the day of resurrection, not rapture, on the day of resurrection, every person that is born again that has their vacuum in their being filled with the Holy Spirit is going to be raised to be with Christ. And those who have died through the last 2,000 years will be made alive and rise to be with Christ. We will all meet at the judgment seat of Christ. We will be kings in the millennial kingdom. We will be seated at a banquet table and Christ will come and wait on us. But no, there will be no church in the millennial kingdom. This is part of the eternal purpose of God. And I hear this term like I stated in the first hour. God's eternal purpose. God's eternal purpose. These people that state talk like that, they don't have an idea. They don't have a they really don't know God's eternal purpose. There has to be a punishment on Satan, the fallen angels, and the demons and mankind who has rebelled against God. And right now in the world, the world, they do not want to talk about Bible prophecy. They know that Bible prophecy presents the thought of judgment, punishment, and an end to the system of the devil. And God chose... I, I use the term red clay. Satan didn't know God's plan. God's plan to, dis, to bring judgment would be through red clay. Something that would be so insignificant, just dirt, red clay. Satan is waiting. How is God going to begin to bring judgment and punishment to my kingdom? 
And Satan is watching the day that God takes red clay, forms Adam, and breathes into Adam, and Adam becomes a life-giving soul. Then, 4,000 years later, God takes a group of people, red clay. On the night of resurrection, he breathes his Holy Spirit into them. This is the new step, and this is a step already. Satan is thinking, well, I've got to get to work. I have to do everything possible to destroy this red clay with the Holy Spirit inside of them. This is why the persecutions began. But through the persecutions, Satan didn't know that he was going to, it's like fire. You start beating the fire, uh, let's say a, a uh, wheat fire in a wheat field, and you start beating to put the fire out, and the flame, the, the little embers start traveling everywhere, and now you've made the fire bigger. Satan came to destroy the early church, the Christians in the first century. The embers went everywhere, and you can't, you can't destroy it. You just spread it. That's part of God's eternal plan. Persecution spreads the embers. Persecution makes Christ, the fire, greater. God's, God's wisdom. Here at the end of the world, the time in which we live, when we should understand and know what God's eternal purpose is, most of the Christians have no idea, no clue. And they should pay attention. In the evangelical churches in America, I'm very critical of evangelical Christianity, which is, I'll put it in this way, it is the fundamental churches, which you could say be like along the line of the Baptists. The Pentecostal churches, the charismatic churches, which is kind of a blend in between fundamental and Pentecostal. They have a different flavor. And I have to include Messianic churches. There is, there is uh, dysfunctionalism in all of it. I, I have been in fundamental. That's where I initially began my Christian walk. Deep fundamental Christianity, dysfunctional. They didn't believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that they were unnecessary, they weren't needed. Well, this is crazy. They are needed more than ever now today. People are going to get cancer, they're going to get sick, they need to be prayed over. Then you have the Pentecostal churches, dysfunctional. Am I being critical? No, I'm being truthful, being honest. There's dis they're dysfunctional, crazy teachings. They don't like doctrine. They Anybody that tries to hold them to sound doctrine, oh, it's divisive, it's divisive. Oh, run from that person. He's divisive because he wants to cause division over doctrine. Well, I don't want to cause div division, but I want honest doctrine. If you aren't born again, you're not a Christian. Oh, that's divisive. You shouldn't talk like that. 
If you're not born again, you are not a Christian. I don't care how religious and pious you are. If you're not born again, you are not a Christian. You're true what would be we would call a Christian. Christ is not in you. You are not in the family of Christ. That's divisive. That's doctrine. We don't want... No. It's the truth. Christ would fight you over that principle. Then you have those in the charismatic churches. They're a little more refined, you know, but they're, they're kind of along the lines of eventually the Wimber movement kind of moved away. It was kind of, it moved away from the Calvaries. It had a little more Pentecostal in it, but not fully Pentecostal like you would have maybe in uh, deep Pentecostalism like uh, what you'd have, like let's say, in some of these moves up in Toronto or Pensacola, Florida, things of that nature. Dysfunctional with the Messianics. I know with the Messianic movement I have to be very careful. But the fact is this. I have, for the last, since the 80s, been involved with and know many and have gone to part of part of the Messianic every Friday night for Shabbat with the feasts, with all of it, been involved. And I, 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 I the Lord Holy Spirit just took me in to see. Uh, if I could, I would mention names to you here in the front range. And you would know all these people that I have gone to and been involved with, but still dysfunctional. You don't want to believe that. Messianics don't like to be criticized, but the fact is, I criticize every segment of evangelical Christianity because the Bible says they have problems doctrinally in practice, theology, eschatology. I have a friend came out of the same assembly that I was. Uh, I spent my four years being uh, uh, schooled. He comes out, he finds out he's Jewish, and immediately he goes, he, he says, I'm a rabbi, and he gets his papers to be a rabbi, and then he starts a messianic assembly, and he comes to me one day, and he says, well, brother, he says, you know, I don't think there's a trinity. I think there's a God the Father and, and Messiah, but I don't think there's the Holy Spirit. I don't think there's a trinity. For you messianics, maybe you're not familiar with this. This is how dysfunctional it is. There's, there is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. There is a plurality with God. And he tells me, well, I know what Isaiah 9, 6 says, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, he shall be called Mighty God. Mighty God, Eternal Father, the Prince of Peace, it's all right there. He says, but I, I don't know how to get around that. And I told him, brother, you can't get around it. This child in the, in the manger is the mighty God. He's the eternal father. What are you thinking? And he starts a messianic fellowship. And then he starts bringing in a lot of strange... I'm just telling you. Now, there are other fellowships that are messianic, 
very conservative and very careful. And safe. But for the most part, I, it's very, very hard to find a Messianic fellowship that doesn't push, uh, I would have to say this, that pushes Moses. I have a, a, a guy that I know spent time with Messianics, and he totally believes that the only way to be saved is through Torah. Not Messiah, Torah. This is the problems within the Messianic movement. Nobody wants to talk about it. No one wants to address it. No one wants to be frank. No one wants to be honest. I've talked a year ago with many who are, I know people who are Jewish, and they are, because they're Jewish and Messianic, they feel that they have a an edge, or they have a, uh, how, how did I phrase it? I'm going to have to go to a break. While I go to the break, I'll think about this. There is no respecter of persons with God. No respecter. And Paul, in the book of Romans, the book of Ephesians, he had to address a very sensitive matter between the Jewish believers in Messiah and the Gentile believers. He says through in Ephesians that we have all been baptized into one body. And some of the Jewish people believe they had an advantage because of their Jewishness over the Gentile believers. Paul addressed this and he says no. Some of the Gentiles believe that because the plan of God, in a sense, had fallen into the hands of the Gentiles, they had an advantage over the Jewish believers. No. No. They both sit at the same table to enjoy the riches of Christ. There's no advantage. Each has a different purpose. The Jewish people have an access to the the Jewish believer has an access to the Jewish individual that the Gentile would not have. The Jewish people would not listen to spiritual things coming from a Gentile. It would have to come, spiritual things would have to come through Jewish people in Messiah. There's no advantage to being Jewish in Messiah or being Gentile. We've been baptized into one spirit. We've been called to be one. But there's that thought, little, there's that little devilish thought that, that the Jewish people who are Christians have an advantage over the Gentile believers. That is what Paul had to fight in Ephesians and in Romans. Nobody wants to address it. We'll be back to continue in just a few minutes, Rick Rodriguez, the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church.
If you've ever been frustrated or frightened by a cut or a nosebleed that won't stop bleeding or had an emergency where bleeding can't be controlled, you need Bleed Stop. It's a safe-in-the-wound, non-stinging, FDA-cleared powder that's clinically proven to quickly and easily stop bleeding even for severe wounds and for people on blood thinners or people with nosebleeds. My oldest son cut himself with a knife quite badly and we had bleed stop with us and we put it on the wound and it stopped the bleeding bandages don't do much to stop the bleeding certainly not if you're on a blood thinner bleed stop works simply put bleed stop onto any cut or wound apply pressure and watch the bleeding stop easy to apply it doesn't burn it doesn't sting take away your bleeding fear bleed stop absolutely works even if you're on blood thinners or suffer from nosebleeds bleed stop is used in emergency rooms across the country bleed stop only works if you have it on hand imagine what bleed stop can do for a serious cut find bleed stop by clicking on the bleed stop button on the 1360 KHNC webpage get yours today So all I'm doing, I'm not attacking, right. I'm not attacking anybody. I am uh, just presenting what is real. Nobody wants to present the truth. Pastors are too afraid. They can't. They can't present things that I present. God has put me in a position to address things and to present things to God's children that pastors can't. Chuck Smith, if he were alive today, there are many things in his lifetime he did not present to God's children that he should have. And even the pastors today that are still have the big ministries in California, throughout Texas, the, the Deep South, the, or the uh, Texas, Oklahoma, in the Deep South, they can't address the things I address. I see dysfunctional Christianity. I see it. And I can prove it because it's in the Bible. So I'm not saying something to attack. I'm saying something to be, hopefully, help the Christian people see things as they really are. I see two snakes in front of me. One is a garter snake. One is a rattlesnake. But someone cut the, the rattles off of the rattlesnake. And they're both coming toward me. And they're both about the same size. But most people don't know how to, how to identify snakes. So I say that the one on the left, with all the funny markings on the back, that's a rattlesnake. It's going to kill you. The one on the right, that is just basically green and slender, that's a garter snake. That's going to eat crickets and grasshoppers and little mice and whatever it can get. It has to be very, very wise because it doesn't have poison. So whatever it gets, it's got to be able to get in the mouth right away. 
Christ addresses and the, the apostles address dysfunctional Christianity way back then. Paul addressed it to the, Christian, the Christians in Corinth, 1st and 2nd Corinthians. If you read those books as dysfunctional Christians from that perspective, you will realize why Paul had to speak to them like babes. They couldn't take a rebuke. They couldn't take the truth. They're fighting over, well, I follow this person, I follow that person, I follow this person, I follow that person. Who are these people? It's Christ who is all things. Christ who is everything. Paul rebukes the Corinthians. You say you're a Peter. You say you're a Paul. You say you're of Apollos. He said, this is nonsense. I didn't purchase you. Uh, Paul didn't, or Peter didn't, Paulus didn't. We each have our ministry. We each have the field that we, God has called us to. We work together for the same purpose. Is Paul divided? Is, is Christ divided? Dysfunctional Christianity. I don't know. I'd like to ask, if I had an audience, I would ask you, Has any? have you heard anybody, other pastors, anywhere in your lifetime ever talked about how dysfunctional we evangelicals are? Totally dysfunctional. Why? Because we don't know doctrine. We don't know theology. This is the strategy of Satan. Christ presented to Paul what's going to happen with all the different personalities with all of these assemblies. The Galatians. He makes a very, very interesting statement. Having begun in the Spirit, are you going to be perfected in the flesh? The Christian churches began in the Spirit 2,000 years ago. Are we going to be... Are we going to be... Sorry about that. I thought I had this thing off. Um, 2,000 years ago, the churches began in the Spirit. And now we're trying to be perfected in the flesh. Yeah, the whole body of Christ, internationally. Having begun in the Spirit, are we churches in the, in the apostasy of the time that we're in, are we going to be perfected in the flesh? No. No. You begin in the Spirit, you continue in the Spirit. There are many Christians in the Jesus movement well, I'm going to rephrase it. Many Christians, many baby boom generation children, Jewish and Gentile, had the experience of the Holy Spirit in that 16-year period of time. And they were imprinted 
to some degree with the moving of the Holy Spirit on their, on their lives. But they end up in assemblies in groups with, oh, I'm of Chuck Smith. I'm of Gino Geraci. I'm of, of, uh, Some other big name. I'm of Rick Warren. I'm a. I am a. And you hold that as a uh, some kind of a crown or or a badge. Is Christ divided? Four years in an assembly to be taught the disciplines of Christ. Doctrine, theology, no, very little eschatology. I had to pick up the eschatology on my own. But God removed me. He pulled me out of that. The Holy Spirit pulled me out of a system and threw me into the world so that I would function in the world, learn how to live with Christ in the world to experience Christ every day outside of a setting where I go and somebody just teaches me. No, I had to go out and begin to dig for gold or dig on my own. It's called being outside of the camp. The Apostle Paul, he is in a camp his whole life in a system in a structure his whole life. He knows one thing only. Protect that structure. Protect that system. Protect the religion of his fathers. That's all he knows. And anybody that uh, attacks or anyone who does anything that's not in line with that system is an enemy. So he's persecuting severely till the day of his conversion. And then what does he do? He goes out into, separates himself, goes out into the wilderness to be alone, to try to figure out what is what just happened to me. What was this bright light in the day? What is this voice that comes from heaven? Why was I blinded? What was this this individual, Ananias, who prays for me and I received my sight? What is this all about? I'm not familiar with this. This is new to me. This never happened to me in Judaism. What is this whole thing about? What is the experience I have? Something within has happened to me. What is this? He had to go out and get away from everything and just sit and pray and ask God, what just happened to me? What does this mean? And during that time, he had to analyze, he had to begin to question all of his Jewishness, the being part of the religious world of that time, who is this Christ? 
Who are these people that I'm persecuting? Christ says that they are, I'm persecuting him when I persecute these people. What is it? What are all these things? And he sat down and he had to observe and consider and think about this. Many Christians don't think about what happened on the day of their conversion. They don't realize on that day Christ spoke to them in a burst, B-U-R-S-T. It's a military term. Years ago, the military would send a signal of maybe three or four pages or eight pages or a small a small magazine worth of directions from the ship to the shore. The Russians are trying to intercept that message, the Chinese, the enemies, whoever. So they condense it and they shoot it in a burst, in a split second. And on the other end, the satellite or the they catch a communication and they can read whatever. This is what happened the day you got you were saved, you were born again. A burst. God sent a volume to you to interpret, to think about. On the day that night that I was born again, I didn't think about it till later. On that night, the Lord told me that He spoke many things to me that in the future, no matter what the conditions, He would always perform miracles to get me work, to to bring me into a position where I could get a, a job, where I could provide for myself and eventually my family. I prayed for two things. One thing was was uh, that, well, I'm going to keep it simple. One of the two main prayers I prayed for, I couldn't get a job. I said, Lord, I need work. The next day I get work. Within half a year, within just a day, I'm working as a welder for a manufacturing company in Longmont. Then about six weeks later, they closed the doors and moved to Grand Junction. I'm without outside. I don't have any work. I hear about Adolf Coors, Adolf Coors hiring to build a grain uh, storage north east of Longmont. I knew that's what I needed to do. I pursued it. I pursued it. I'd go out there. There was nothing but dirt field and a little trailer, construction trailer. But I, the Lord gave me the tenacity to just go out there repeatedly. Finally, after about two weeks, I wore the the uh, uh, the gentleman that was doing all the hiring. I'm trying to think of his name or think of his position. He was running. He was the supervisor. And I asked him, Al, when are you planning a hiring? Oh, probably a couple of weeks. That's on a Friday. I said, okay, I'll check back. I just felt to go out on Monday. Hi, Al. I just thought, you know, I uh, thought maybe something might have changed over the weekend. And he said, well, I'm going to hire two people. He said, can you, when can you go to work? I said, right now. This is 10 o'clock in the morning. He said, will you come in tomorrow and we'll do orientation tomorrow morning at 8? I said, all right. I got on. 
Within four more months, I got on with the city of Longmont as the lifeguard at the swimming pool. I had work, like I, and I was single, which was, was wonderful. That's been my life. I'm out of work. God pro pro provides something. That he spoke to me on the night that I was born again, that I'd always have a way to go forward. And through my life, I've sat down to think about how many different jobs I've had, at least 30 or 40. And pretty much on all of them, I would just start to become successful, and that season would be over, I'd have to go to something else. Always being taken care of by the Holy Spirit. Paul goes to the Galatians. You're foolish. Who has bewitched you? Who is coming in to meddle, to interfere with the gospel that I have spoken to you and the plan of God for you in this region? Who's bewitched you? There are these men. They are stating to you that they are great men of God and they have a new gospel. They have a new way in God's eternal plan to change mankind, to be effective in the world. So Paul says, well, I thought, hmm, I guess I better go listen to these men. I better go see. Maybe these guys, maybe they have further revelation, something that God didn't show me. He goes to listen to them. His comment was, I went. I listened to these men. They added nothing to me. Nothing they said. They didn't add anything to me. My gospel is solid. What I'm presenting, what God has ordained for me to present, is solid. They've added nothing new to me. In fact, they've deviated from my gospel. Don't be bewitched. Paul goes to the to the Romans. He has to explain to the Romans the whole plan of salvation. How man is fallen, even I am fallen. Who's going to save me from this body of this old wretched man that I am? Who's going to save me from this body of sin? Then Romans 8, the middle of the book. I thank God. There is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. I have been freed from my sins upon meeting Christ. I'm no longer living under condemnation. And then he goes on to talk about if people don't hear, how can they be saved? There have to be people. There must be people to go out and preach this news to the world that God has given mankind a way to have fellowship with God the Father in heaven through his son Jesus Christ and the plan of, of Israel and the plan of Israel eventually and the, the, the Gentile Christians and the elect of God in, in chapter 11 of Romans then he finishes out the eternal plan of God is deep and here now we are in 
the final days, there's not going to be 10,000 days left in the eternal plan of God for, for this dispensation. Nope. Not going to be 10,000 days. We're down to years. And we, we don't have the Christians living today as dysfunctional as we all are. We are still the most feared people in the world. We're the most valuable people in the world. We believers. But it's made clear in the scripture that in the family of believers, Catholics, Greek Orthodox, Lutherans, Episcopalians, Protestants, Baptists, all of it, Pentecostals, Messianic, all of them. We, there's going to be a very small percentage of the whole family that God has to protect. A small percentage. Most, the mass, the bulk, are deceived. They're in the world. They have no knowledge of God. They are not aware of anything. Then those that are somewhat aware of and conscious of God's moving in the world, they don't have any power to be free from alcoholism or sins of the flesh. They don't have any way or insight to see that they are inside a camp, inside a structure, inside a an organism, inside a, not an organism, inside a system that isn't helping them. I said last week that the virgins that buy oil, they don't buy oil by going to these meetings. Hopefully, they're getting clear doctrine, sound theology, but you buy oil when you go to work on Monday morning. You buy oil in the conflicts of the day, the, the stresses of the day, in the problems of the day. That's where you buy oil because it's in these times where you really need to depend on the Lord. That is where you buy oil through prayer. That is where, you know, the Lord can speak to you and you want to go a certain direction and God tells you, no, you don't go that direction. This is the direction I want you to go. And you have to deny the self. You're buying oil. You have to yield to the Holy Spirit. You're buying oil. You're learning to, to flow with God, to move with Him, to change direction with Him. With God, it's always a change. There's always going to be a change in direction. There's always going to be transition 
Without the Holy Spirit, transition is very difficult. Very difficult. Then, when God asks you to do something, then you have to have the, the, the faith to do nothing. Everybody wants to do something. Everybody want, everyone wants to be busy, active, involved. Sometimes God says no. Now that's tough to just sit and do nothing and to wait. Elijah, the man is gifted. The man has been trained by God to do great things. But what does God do? You go to the cave by the brook Cherith. You go to the cave by himself. And he lives in a cave. He's not even to leave the vicinity. God uses the ravens to bring him meat. An unclean bird bringing food to the prophet. God's ways are much higher than our ways. And he's by the brook Cherith. He has water. that flows from heaven to sustain him daily. Then the brook dries up, and he's able to interpret. This is a sign from the Holy Spirit. I don't sense the Holy Spirit anymore. Christians, when the Holy Spirit is taking you a direction, and all of a sudden you don't sense the Holy Spirit anymore, what do you do? Do you panic? Or do you begin to pray, say, Lord, which way did you just go? We're going to go to another break. To end this hour, this is the end of hour two. The podcasts are on 1360khnc.com to the Olive Tree section. Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. We'll be back. Which way is the Holy Spirit going in your lives? Which way is the Holy Spirit taking you? We'll be back. You're going to find out. We'll be right back. You can buy gold just about anywhere in the world from all kinds of different dealers. So why do you use the Patriot Trading Group? 20 years of service, just like that. A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, just like that. Lowest prices, just like that. No solicitation, just like that. Buying or selling, just You're listening like to the roar of the Rock Gold and Silver Eagle, 1360 AM. Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. It's a perfect time to plant trees during the Tree Farm's 50-cent tree sale. Buy the first tree at regular price and get a second tree for only 50 cents. Choose from thousands of carryout-sized shade trees, flowering trees, evergreen trees, and more. Buy one 7- to 8-foot tall flowering tree for only $269.50 and get another tree for only 50 cents. That's two 7-gallon trees for only $270. You Come see. You take I-25 to exit 235, then five miles west to the tree farm. Blue Dragon Spa in Longmont, Colorado, 1811 Hover Street, 720-680-0492. A new spa started by Steve, the Red Pill Truth Guy, and his wife, Valentina. Drop by. We offer manicure and pedicure, facial, and more. We have new, state-of-the-art equipment, and we use the best materials available. Yeah, give us a call, 720-680-0492. We're at 1811 Hover Street in Longmont, Colorado. Everything very good. Just come in and try it. 
This is Steve at Ramsey Auto Group. Hey, this is Mike from Ramsey Auto Group. Just stopping in to say hi, let you know that we're still open, still in business, and still rocking and rolling. You know, if you're looking for a good car experience, come see us. We have old school values. We still operate by handshake. We're not pushy. We want you to be happy, and uh, we have a great selection of trucks. 6175 West 10th Street, Greeley. 970-443-5654. 970-443-5654. This is Clay with Wagner Electric Company. We're out of Greeley. We're here to promote our Generac and Cummins standby generators and our service to the community with any electrical needs. We're located at 1517 2nd Avenue in Greeley, 970-800-3693. The biggest thing that we want to promote is that we set the standard and we're here to support you and your needs, 970-800-3693. My name is James with Milco Carpet Cleaning. I'm based out of Millican, serving all of Northern Colorado. We're a family-owned company that will clean your carpets, upholstery, tile, and rugs. My goal is to freshen your home and business, leaving you dry and clean in no time with no residues. Mention this ad and receive $10 per room off, up to $50. You can call me at 970-405-3740 or email me at nococarpetcleaning at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out my reviews on Google. Hi, this is Sam Cheshire from Build Design America, letting you know that right now we are offering 36 months interest-free financing on all of your kitchen and bath or flooring needs. Come see us at 665 Furnage Road in Longmont, Colorado, or give us a call at 303-772-1202. Once again, that's 303-772-1202. Look forward to seeing you soon. More than 80 million Americans depend on AM radio for their news, traffic, weather, sports, and a community connection. It's the backbone of the emergency alert system, keeping us safe in dangerous times. It's critical that we keep AM radio in cars, because when cell and Internet services are down, this free emergency service could be your only lifeline. Text AM to 52886 and tell Congress we need AM radio in cars. This message furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters. What type of financial advisor are you looking for? A lot of advisors work for some great companies that offer good products, but are they taking a close look at what truly matters to you? Most advisors are unfortunately one-trick ponies and come at you with the same strategy no matter what situation you are in. Most of the time, your advisor isn't even reaching out to you to review things and has no desire to actually build a relationship with you. You want to work with someone who's going to hustle their butt off and compete for you and make sure that you are maximizing your hard-earned dollars. I will work day and night for all of my clients and do everything in my power to deliver the best service possible. Reach out to me, Joey Jaquin, Joe Jaquin son, someone who is going to compete for your business and truly aligns with your conservative values. You can reach me at my personal cell, 602-909-9048. Again, 602-909-9048. At Life Choices, we are helping women and men choose life and create stable futures for their children. You can help avoid the loss of another life by going to lifechoices.org or call 303 601-909-9048. extension 116 and donate. Make a difference and be a part of God's work by creating a better future for kids and families. Lifechoices.org or 303-651-2050 extension 116. 
This is Rick Rodriguez, host of The Present Truth, Monday through Friday, 2 to 3. Topics, American World Hegemony, the New World Order, Secret Societies, One World Religion, Weather Warfare, International Wars, Transhumanism. Join me, 1360 KHNC. I've learned to stand with people that are in the storm who have courage. And if there's a man out there other than President Trump and just a few others that have really proven their mettle in the furnace, it's Mike Lindell. You're not going to get better towels, better sheets, better slippers, better beds, better hundreds of products made in America anywhere. It's ridiculous how high quality it is, how ridiculous the prices are low. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code KHNC. KHNC is proud to carry my kind CBD products. Products include cocoa, top shelf tinctures, hemp salve, moisturizing lotions, and retinol cream. They also have pet tincture and hemp shampoo for a healthy coat and skin. To see all the CBD products we carry, visit the station at 2 South Parish or check us out online. Go to 1360KHNC.com. Click on the shop button. The views and opinions expressed on 1360 KHNC are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Excursion Broadcasting Network. back to the third hour of today's Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry Radio Church program. I'm your host, Rick Rodriguez. My contact information is Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. And again, the podcasts are on 1360khnc.com to the podcast section. 
I've been talking about the eternal purpose of God. It's a a thought that cannot be presented perfectly unless you have a weekend conference. Even then, it's still difficult. The eternal purpose of God, different, the way in which God works with mankind through the last 6,000 years, and how he will work with man for an additional 1,000 years, and finally, he will conclude his initial objective, which, which is to bring righteous judgment on Lucifer, the fallen angels that rebelled, the spirits in rebellion, and all of mankind that has, that has rebelled against God throughout time. There must, God is righteous, he must, according to his righteous laws, punish evil. He will do that. He will punish his children, the Hebrew people, Israel, for their apostasy, and how they will and have been involved in witchcraft throughout their existence, the same with the nations, they will be judged for all the evil that uh, the Gentiles have committed upon their fellow human beings. And we in the churches, we're just short-lived, 2,000 years. This is the, we're, we're uh, <clears throat> time-sensitive. We only get 2,000 years to present who this Godhead, this Father with His Son, with the Holy Spirit. We get 2,000 years to present to mankind who this great God is, His eternal purpose, His plan for mankind, and how He is going to work with man in the times in which we live what God will do. God's intention is to reveal himself to every human being. He's revealing himself to the beasts in the field. They have a they have a an understanding of a creator in their own way. And the beasts, the creatures the animals were for man and his enjoyment. We, believers, are for God's enjoyment. We're the expression, to be the expression of all that God is. As Christ works in us, as he transforms us, as he renews our minds, we get to express the glory of God. We can do this individually, also corporately. Now, what happens when the corporate expression is apostate? They bring glory to themselves. They bring glory to their own vision, to their own objectives, to what they think they can build, just like with Abel 
and uh, Abel and Cain. Cain had a way to build something, to bring something to God that he thought would be acceptable to God. No, Cain's, what Cain did was not acceptable to God, and the people in the body of Christ who have gone, who are doing things according to their own uh, visions, are not bringing glory to God. Again, they're bringing glory to themselves. Living in the flesh, uh, not obeying the desire, the wishes of God, is, is, is in a sense idolatry. I should say it, it is idolatry. You worship self rather than God. Your own plans rather than God, that's idolatry. You don't express Christ. You express who you are. This expression presently is in what I term and what has been spoken of for the last hundred years in different ways. It is called dominionism. Dominionism. Men who believe that they're going to take over the world to present the world to God and the nations to present the nations to God as a gift. It's not doctrinally, uh, it's not it's not sound, it's, it's apostasy. Then you have uh, later, they develop these, this thought of dominionism. You have a new thought of Seven Mountains Theology, uh, Lance While Now, and all the dominionists in this don't realize that this is an antichrist doctrine. It is a doctrine of a demon. I'm not, uh, there's nothing, I'm not attacking, I'm, I'm exposing now, my position is this. I can't change it. I can speak about it. I can warn people about it so that you don't get caught in it. But I'm not going to change it. My objective is not to change it. It's to warn God's children about dominionism, about the new apostolic reform movement, about seven mountain theology, I'm not going to change it. The Bible makes it very clear. This theology is going to take over the United States. And the men who have been trained to teach this doctrine are going to spread this thought internationally. It is being taken into Asia into South Korea. It's been taken to Africa. It's been preached in South America. It has been taken into Europe, Eastern Europe. It is a doctrine of demons. Can't change it. It's apostasy. Christ said it would happen. And it would have its roots in evangelical Christianity in the United States of America.
and the roots would go down to Sheol, and Satan would deceive individuals into becoming teachers of this kind of theology, this kind of doctrine, to take over the world with this type of thinking. I can't change it. Christ is going to bring the punishment. And I can give you a thought of how he's going to do it. Part of the eternal plan of God, part of the eternal plan of God is, yes, there would be a enemy who would sow tares into the wheat. There would be someone who would bring in leaven and put leaven in the lump. It's, you can't stop it. Christ in the parables told us what would happen. It has happened. We have to, I'm, I'm exposing it. Uh, within that system, there will be some that eventually will wake up in that sphere of apostasy in that doctrine of demons Christ will reach some and they will wake up and they will realize their error and they will begin to come out and expose it also the uh, I've got two directions to go here. I want to remember both. Christ in Matthew 24 he said that to the disciples they said look at these Lord look at the temple and he said you look at the temple I'm telling you that that temple is going to be Laid, is going to be completely destroyed. Now, Christ is also saying, I am going to be crucified, but I, on the third day, as the true temple, I'm going to be raised up. And when Christ breathed into the disciples, on the night of resurrection, we became the vessels to contain the Shekinah glory of God from that time to this time. The Shekinah glory had left the temple, the physical temple in Israel, centuries before. Now the Shekinah glory was walking with the disciples during for three years. For three years, the Shekinah glory of God was walking embodied in a man. When he died, now the Shekinah glory through the Holy Spirit is inside of the men and women that were there present the night of resurrection. And to this time, we have the reality of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, we have the reality of the Holy Spirit in us. The Shekinah glory is in us. 
in Matthew 24, also he told the disciples what would happen at the end in the time in which we live. And the Shekinah glory, again, the temple at the beginning of the last three and a half years, an individual would declare himself to be God and declare himself to be God in the temple. And it's kind of a different way you can look at it. A physical place is probably where he, is probably where he will make that announcement, but he will become the temple of Satan. A temple has changed, and he, those who will from that point and that day, who will worship him and take his mark, they also will become a temple of the spirit of evil. They will be children of um, perdition also. He will be the son of perdition, and then those followers will also be destined to perdition. Another temple. Now, when Antichrist takes his position, the body of Christ is going to be the body of Christ is going to be destroyed. God is going to use this individual to once again destroy the body of believers in this country in the sphere where Antichrist has his domain. And there in Matthew 24, so Christ is saying that at the end, all that these people within the new apostolic reform movement, everything that they put together, what they build, is going to be destroyed is going to be, God is going to bring judgment on it. He's going to bring judgment on the whole system that has been put together by these individuals. That system is going to be, again, Christ is going to use this coming son of perdition, this coming Antichrist, to destroy what is being put together now that is offensive to God. This is part of the eternal plan of God. He must punish inside his own assembly of believers in his family. He will punish everything that is offends him. He did it with Judaism, he said, when he went into the temple 2,000 years ago, he took a broom, a whip, and he drove the individuals 
that were serving mammon, that had worshipped the God of mammon in the temples. He drove them out. He's coming to drive in the body of Christ in America, in the Pentecostal churches, in the charismatic churches, in all of the body. He's coming to drive out everything that is offensive to God his Father, that is offensive to Christ and who, who that is working against the plan of the Holy Spirit. Working against God's eternal purpose. God is going to drive these people out. Those in the New Apostolic Reform Movement are in Matthew chapter 25. And uh, simply, in, I can say, I see it um, from one perspective. And there's the parable of the ten wise virgins. And then there's the parable where I'm going to read it to you. I'm presenting to those who are involved with this new apostolic reform movement. I have friends in it to be, to be uh, faithful to the scripture. It's going to happen. You can't, I can't stop it. I can't change the hearts of anybody in it. I don't have that, that power. I can present it. It's the Holy Spirit that will change a man's heart should he desire to change a man's heart. If a man doesn't want to believe the truth, there's nothing even that the Holy Spirit can do. God's not going to be mocked. There's a hardship going to come to these people. And in the Proverbs, the Lord said, How long will you be simple, O naive ones? And then it reverses it. How long will you be naive, O simple ones? I call to you, I plead with you, I meet you in the square, I present, I have my prophets come to sing and play a melody to you, I have them tell you the truth, and all day long, my prophets are telling you what's coming, and they're singing their song, they're, they're playing their melody, they're playing with with fine uh, instruments to try to catch your attention. I'm pleading with you through my prophets to listen to what they have to say. But you say, no, I don't want to hear your prophets. I don't want to hear their warning. I don't want to hear they're too negative. I don't like them. I don't like their personality. I don't like them. I don't want to hear them. Leave me alone. And in the parable, in, in Proverbs it says, so God says, okay, you didn't want to be told the truth. 
You didn't want to be reproved for believing a lie. You want to go your merry way. You don't want to listen to my prophets who are I've sent to warn you. Okay. Your distress is coming. Your hardship is coming. The day of your torment is coming. The day when you're going to plead and beg and ask for help is coming. You're going to need help. My prophets have told you what's coming. You don't want to listen to them. And you're going to, when that catastrophe comes, you're going to remember. And you're going to think, why didn't I listen? Why didn't I pay attention? But it's too late. Because you mocked me. You mocked me through my people. I send my messengers to, to warn you. And you mock me. So on the day when all of this comes to you, when Antichrist comes to destroy you, to gather you together, to take you, you're going to realize you were misled. And you're going to cry out to me. You're going to beg. You're going to plead. But I am not going to hear you because you mocked me. You mocked me. You mocked me when I sent my people to you. You mocked me. Now I will mock you. Your distress, the day of your distress, the time of your hardship has come. I'm going to mock you. I am going to laugh at you. And I'm going to let you be destroyed. You didn't want my help? Then... I'm not going to give you my help now. You mock me, will you? I'll mock you. Your distress has come. I'm going to allow the punishment and the gravity, the full gravity of that punishment to now come upon you. I'm just telling those that are part of this system, be warned. God is sending people to you to warn you. Don't mock him because your day of mocking will come. I'm going to go to the bottom of the hour break. Rick Rodriguez, the Olive Tree and Lampstand Ministry, Radio Church, podcast 1360khnc.com for podcasts. A lot of radio stations can boast about having two, three, even 500,000 listeners. But what they don't tell you is that their average listener only listens for four minutes. And if they're listening to music, they're constantly changing the channel. Same old boring commentary. Or as soon as a commercial starts playing, they change the station. Here at 1360 KHNC, our listeners listen longer, a lot longer. We have some of the longest continuous listener minutes in the industry. That means our listeners don't change the dial as soon as a commercial commercial starts playing because they don't want to miss one second of their favorite programs. Advertise with AM 1360 KHNC and have your message heard. Call us at 970-587-5003. We have the best rates in Colorado. So call us at 970-587-5003 or 1360 KHNC.com.
happy day. Okay, and, we're going to continue. And we will continue. So, it's a warning. God is warning the people that are in, that are being influenced by this dominionism. Be warned. Now, I'm going to take you to Matthew chapter 25. In America... This doctrine will be so powerful, it will go, it will spread into the Pentecostal charismatic churches. They will be the, you might say, stork that carries this doctrine of demon, demons to the world. This is just a fact. The Pentecostals, because they don't know, they are very ambitious. They want authority, they want power, they want wealth. And Laodicea, the Laodicean church, says that you are increased with goods. You have need of nothing. But you are blind, wretched, miserable, naked, and poor. God sees you truly naked and poor to the point of less value, least value. You say you're rich, increase with goods. The angel said, John said, that you are not worth a dollar. You're not even worth a pence. You're not worth very little because you don't contribute to the kingdom of heaven. You don't contribute sound doctrine, theology. You contribute doctrines of demons. This goes in even into the, I, I use names, all of the California assemblies that talk about pre-trib rapture, Chuck Smith. Big mistake by Chuck Smith. Big mistake. Chuck Smith, they were, he and the other uh, men at that time in the, in the early 70s, they're the men who gave the young people the thought that you need to go into churches to be uh, churched. Whereas the Holy Spirit was doing a wonderful job. There were ministries, people who were free, but they brought them into what I call the assemblies that would begin the great apostasy that would hit the United States of America, the great apostasy that would, like leaven, and like, like leaven, go out to the other churches in Africa. Wherever we went, starting in the mid-70s, wherever the churches went in their ministries, they took leaven 
out to the assemblies in South America, Africa, Asia. Seoul, Korea is a, is a massive leavened assembly. Leavened, leavened to the point where there is no, the lump, the whole lump has been leavened. But, like I just said, we evangelicals in this country have taken leaven to the churches of the world through our theology and our doctrine. And, guess what? I'm telling you what the Bible said would happen. God's going to bring judgment on you. I don't need to. I'm just warning that this is what's coming. Matthew 25. I'm going to read this from the uh, Amplified. I'm going to take my time. Because there's hardship coming to the men that have carried this doctrine to the world. The kingdom of heaven will be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, thoughtless, without forethought. Five were wise. They were sensible, intelligent, and prudent. Verse 3. For when the foolish took their lamps, they did not take any extra oil with them. They're taking strange doctrine. And they think that that Strange doctrine is the oil that God wanted these men to present to their assemblies. They did not take any extra oil. A lot of times they don't even take pure oil. The wise took flasks of oil along with them, also with their lamps. The bridegroom lingered 2,000 years ago. Christ went to the chamber and is lingering and is slow in coming. Every, some people say that Christ can come back any second. No, he, does, he cannot come back at any second. He can't. There are prophecies that must be fulfilled before he comes back. For Christians to believe that Christ could come tonight, tomorrow, the next day, no. The son of perdition hasn't been revealed. Then after he's revealed, three and a half years later, he, be, he announces that he's God. And Christ doesn't come until after the Great Tribulation. And Christ doesn't come until after the judgments in, in Zechariah, where that great mountain splits in two and the children of Israel run and hide to be protected from the judgment of Christ at his appearing. Verse 5, While the bridegroom lingered and was slow in coming, they all began nodding their heads, and they fell asleep. But at midnight there was a shout, Behold the bridegroom, go out to meet him. Then there's going to be a time when the Christians, there's going to be a shout, and they're going to wake up. They're going to go out to meet him. 
the virgins get up, put out, put their own lamps in order. It's an individual thing. I'm buying oil for my lamp. You have to buy oil for your lamp. Every day, I get up. Every day. And I go out to buy oil. I go out to find Christ in my day. When I'm driving, finding Christ. Somebody that I know needs prayer. I just pray for them. I need, I'm in, in, in a situation where I just, I'm frustrated and I need the Lord's help. I need the grace to just be at peace. I'm buying oil. That's where we buy oil in our day. I go to meet with other people to assemble and gather with close friends. I take the riches and we share riches back and forth and get to enjoy one another's testimony. To see God in others as well as they can see God in us. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, There's not going to be enough for us and for you. Go instead, go to the dealers, buy for yourselves. I'm here presenting things to you. You can buy insight into the kingdom of heaven. You can buy insight into who the Lord Jesus is. Insight into the Holy Spirit and how he works with you daily. You can, you can listen to these programs and I can help you hopefully to see things more clearly and see where the snakes that are going to bring great distress to you and injury to you are so that you can avoid them. Go instead to the dealers and buy for yourselves. But while they were going away to buy, it's too late. Now they're going to buy. They're thinking, whoops, I've been believing a lie. I got to go buy. I got to go buy some oil. Uh-uh. The bridegroom came. And those who were prepared went in with him to the marriage feast. Well, these are Christians. So some are going to go into the marriage feast? These are Christians. Those who were prepared and prepared went in with him to the marriage feast. And the door was shut. Now these are God's children. These virgins... They're God's children. Later, the other virgins also came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door. Open the door. Open the door to us. The doors are shut. These are Christians. And the doors to the marriage feast have been shut. Some are in. Others are left out. Verse 12, he replies, I solemnly declare to you. In other words, you mock me, I'm going to mock you. I warned you through my prophets, you didn't listen. I solemnly declare to you, I do not know you. These people 
many in the New Apostolic Reform Movement and other very odd types of Christianity, they don't know who the Lord is. They know the pastor. They know the pastor's teaching. They don't know the Holy Spirit. They don't know Christ. You know the, you know the pastor. You know the other members of the assembly. You know the teachings. You know the practice. We do, this, we do it this way. They do it that way. But we like it this way. But you don't know the Holy Spirit. And he says to them, I don't know you. We've never really been, you've never really visited with me. You, you don't know who I am. You didn't want to know who I am. You, you like the assembly. You like the activity. But you don't know who I am. And he says, I'm not acquainted with you. And this is, this is the experience many Christians have. They're not acquainted with Christ. He's God. He gives them blessings. The, he answers prayers occasionally. They need something. He's there to assist. They're blessed. But he says, I'm not acquainted with you. Verse 13, watch, therefore, give strict attention. Be cautious, be active, for you don't know the day or the hour when the Son of Man will come. Well, we know that he's got to come after the tribulation. So, it's a warning. Every day, you should work on your relationship with Christ. So, he doesn't know who these people are. They've never been acquainted with him. And then, uh, eventually, it says that, I'm trying to find where it says that, there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. trying to think of the verse I think it's in Matthew 24 but there's going to be those that are out that don't go into the bride chamber to the feast there's going to be weeping gnashing of teeth we can't uh, I know that uh, with, with myself, I've always taken my walk with the Lord seriously because I learned early when I began to be churched. Two and a half years, I was just on my own. Didn't even know I was born again. But I knew the Holy Spirit. I knew He was real. I used to drive a semi I went out to Haxton, Colorado one day to fuel up. We had a, we had a, our shop was out there in Haxton, and we'd always fuel up there. We needed work done on the truck. And a guy, while I'm fueling up, a guy comes up to me and 
says, hey, I uh, just want to know I'm selling insurance and uh, want to know if you have life insurance. And I said, well, I do. He goes, oh, you do? And I said, yeah. And I'm 24 years old. He said, oh, you already have insurance. What kind of insurance do you have? I said, well, and I pointed to the heaven. And I said, I have all the insurance I, insurance I need through the Lord. And he was a Christian. He looked and he smiled and he understood what I was saying. And he said, told me to have a good day. This is how real the Lord is to me. I've always taken my Christianity, my walk with the Lord, very serious. Then I began four years of being churched, the most valuable time in my life. And the minute that I went into the assembly, I thought, oh, I'm going to be here for the rest of my life. And many of you have been in the same assembly for your whole lives. And hopefully it's been a good assembly. Hopefully you've learned. Hopefully you've, you've grown in the Lord. That's the whole purpose of the Christian life is to grow. I uh, thought I'm going to be here my whole life. But four years later, the Lord worked it out like I've given my testimony before. My testimony before for the sake of work, I had to leave Colorado to go to western Wyoming. And my churching ended. My instruction in Christ didn't end. My instruction and in my uh, Christ working with me to continue to teach me the anointing and the unction didn't end. That was really the beginning. From that point on, it was... I had to, there was a story in Genesis, Isaac. Isaac would go out every day and dig a well for water, to water his animals. And the evening, an enemy would come and fill that well up. Well, he'd have to go the next day to dig another well. And he'd water his flocks. He was known as a well digger. Every day, we're well diggers. Every day, we have to dig deep to get water so that we can be filled with the Holy Spirit and that we have extra to fill others with the Holy Spirit. We're well diggers. And I've never been part of an assembly as far as a member. The Lord wouldn't allow it. He would never allow me to, he'd allow me to work with ministries, to be involved with ministries, but never to be a, a member in the sense of I have a pastor over me. God didn't call me to that. I don't work in that type of a situation. I work side by side with men who have been called and ordained to ministry, but I don't come under them in the sense of, in the Pentecostal world, you know, coming under a headship. Uh-uh. God never allowed me to do that. I've never been part of that world. I, uh, God just wouldn't allow it. Every day I'd have to go out, dig for water. Every day I'd have to buy oil. Very shortly, the assemblies and the 
what we call churches. I call them assemblies. They're not churches. The people are the church. The assembly is a building. It's a facility. These men who are at the head of these facilities are going to be relieved of their duty all over. There will be no such thing as Christian churches allowed to exist in this country within the coming years. And the sheep are going to have to go out and get a shovel. You're going to have to start digging for water on your own. I'm telling you now, learn to buy oil daily. Because one of these days, if you're going to assemblies, those doors are going to be shut. You're not going to have the same kind of gatherings that we have, have had, that's going to end. Joel Olstein is going to be shut down. Greg Laurie, going to be shut down. All these ministries are going to be shut down. There will be no churches. You will not see a building with a cross on it. You're not going to be see a, will, a building that is a synagogue. Anything religious of that nature is going to be completely stopped. Not going to be allowed. Nothing I can do to change any of that. I can't, I, I speak about the new apostolic reform, about the seven mountains theology, but I'm not deceived. Christ is not going to, until the right time, it's going to continue, it's going to continue to grow, it's going to continue to affect millions of Christians in this country. They're going to believe this is the move of God, the plan of God, the way of God. I say it's not. They are giving out apostleship papers like uh, you can go to any department store and buy or, or to anywhere and buy fast food. Apostle this, apostle that, apostles all over the place. This prophet this, that prophet that. That's what they do. That's their way. And people are flocking to these assemblies to become apostles. Oh, God called me to be an apostle. Here, let me anoint you to be an apostle and send you out. Well, I'll tell you what. God's not going to be mocked. Because these men that have not been called, ordained by God, to that position, what they assume is their apostleship, uh, they are going to fail. God will remove them. They will be exposed. Hardships will come to them. And the children of the devil love to find people that say, well, I'm a great man of God, I'm an apostle, I'm a prophet, and these children of the devil will come to take these people to task to test them and they will fail the test they, many of them are going to die they're going to be exposed they're going to lose everything 
Well, I'm finishing out for today. I cannot, I'm just telling you. I'm warning you about dominionism. Warning you about what's happening in this country with these type of people. The Bible says it's going to happen. It can't be changed. It's part of the great apostasy. Paul warned about it so that the residue of people, a small percentage, a part of a 1%, will be protected because God has a deep, deep, deep purpose with you. And these other people are trying to tell you they're the great men of God. Don't believe it. I'm finished for today. Podcasts are on 1360khnc.com to the Olive Tree site. During the week, uh, you can join me two to three every day for the present truth. Podcasts are also on 1360khnc.com. Mailing address, Olive Tree Ministry, P.O. Box 872, Longmont, Colorado, 80502. May God bless you this weekend. May God bless your day tomorrow. May this be um, a, a wonderful Labor Day weekend for you. God bless you and your children. God bless you richly above all you can handle. God bless you. On MyPillow's 20-year anniversary, with over 80 million MyPillows sold, Mike Lindell and the MyPillow employees want to thank each and every one of you by giving you the lowest price in history on their MyPillows. Queen-size MyPillows, regular price is $69.98, now only $19.98, and just $10 more for king-size. MyPillow's patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs to help you get the best sleep ever. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code KHNC. In addition to this special and anniversary offer on the my pillows you will also receive deep discounts on all my pillow products such as bed sheets mattress toppers pet beds mattresses my slippers and so much more take advantage of the biggest sale in my pillows history go to mypillow.com or call 800-948-8229 and use promo code khnc to take advantage of mike's special offer on his my pillow that's mypillow.com promo code khnc or call 800-948-8229 Tommy here with Revo Knives. We're a Colorado company looking for local customers who own a business that want to make a gift for their customers or employees that they'll always use and remember. We customize our knives with your logo and information so they always look at who to get back to when they need your service. Head over to our website at RevoKnives.com or give us a call at 1360 AM, Johnstown, Greeley, Loveland, Fort Collins. It's better. Hundreds of products made in America anywhere. It's ridiculous how high quality it is, how ridiculous the prices are low. Go to MyPillow.com and use promo code KHNC. 